Father has a word for us. You know, we've been, we've been, I'm sure all of us, all you guys can agree with, we've been in a very trying time over the past year, 2020, and, and even walking into 2021, I mean, it's just been hit after hit, right? And so the Father wants to encourage many of our hearts. Is that okay this morning? He wants to encourage our hearts, so. And one of the things that he really laid on my heart to really talk to you all about, he, the Father really wants to, the word affirm kept coming up. And so what I feel what the Father really wants to say, he wants to affirm us in his love. I can go through my own personal, my own personal testimony, but we'll be all there if I shared everything God did for me. But he took this little, this little, you know, I wouldn't say I'm country, but, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I come from little parts of the hood. So if God can transform me into what you see today, that, that, that goes to show a long way what the, the, the power of God when you really embrace it. I know we hear this, maybe God loves us, God loves us, and it, and it almost sounds sometimes like, you know, it could just become, oh, well, God, I know God loves me, but it's totally different when you would come in an encounter with his love. It's different when you experience it for yourself. When you experience it for yourself, that's something that no one can take from you. And when you experience it, so I believe you're going to have an encounter and experience with the love of God like you've never had in your life. If you believe that, make this declaration with me. God loves me completely. Nothing can separate him, me from his love. I am affirmed in his beloved. So I'm going to start off in Isaiah 55 and 9. Let me put my, I want to put my time on because I want to be in order. Because Leslie going to come behind and she's really going to bring us on in. Okay. So we're talking about being affirmed in the Father's love. I want to share five aspects of that. And I'm, I'm going to walk us through scripture. So the scripture says in Isaiah 55 and 9, for as, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts, your thoughts. So the first, the first, the first uh, bullet point I want to share as it pertains to God's love, he wants to affirm us. He wants to affirm us in sonship. And so as we begin to walk through our life, all the different challenges that we, that we begin to go in, um, come in contact with, you know, like the hurricane, COVID, just one thing after another, the snow, the snowstorm, all these different challenges that we can't get away from. And for some people, like, man, I know you're saying God loves me, but I don't feel his love in this moment. It doesn't look like he loves me. And so I want to encourage your hearts. Our ways is not like God's ways. Our thoughts are not like his thoughts. But watch this. God wants to bring us. He wants to bring us into his mind, his perspective. He's already allowed us to know that our thoughts are not his thoughts, his ways. So God wants to watch this. He wants to begin to bring us into, into heaven's perspective concerning our life. And in order for God to do that, we have to come in. We have to recognize and understand that he wants to bring us in sonship. So he's affirming us as, a son, as sons first, right? And so we're going to start off in Romans. The next scripture is going to be Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we're going to read, uh, if you're taking notes, um, 28 through 30. This is God affirming us as sons. Because before you can get to your 
identity or purpose in him, you have to first understand that you're a son, not an orphan. Say with me, I'm a son, not an orphan. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord. To them who are called according to his purpose. Say, I'm called. Next verse. For whom he did foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn of the many brethren. Moreover, who he did predestine, them he also called. And to them he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, he also glorified. So that, so that first son, that first son and though is, is talking about Jesus. Jesus is the first. He's the seed that died. In order for anything to sprout up and begin to produce a harvest, the seed has to die. Jesus was that seed that died. And the many brethren, is what he's talking about, is us. We're, we're Jesus' brother. And Apostle Scott did an amazing job bringing us through scripture and explaining that to us, bringing that revelation to us. Yes, he's Lord. Yes, he's Savior. But beyond that, he's our brother. And the Father is our Father. So we have the same Father. Amen? Amen. Next verse. John chapter 1, verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave what? power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so as we see, Jesus is the firstborn. He is the example. And God affirmed him. He affirmed him right after baptism. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God affirmed him. And so God wants to affirm many of you, but Jesus had to know who he was as it pertains to being a son. And he believed everything that God said. Galatians chapter 3, verse 26. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture, but I'm going to move quickly. Okay. For you are all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. So what solidifies the fact that we're children, that we're sons? Our faith in Jesus. Amen. This is why this is so important. And, it, and, and why is this important? It really helps us when we're going through, it, when we're going through trials, when we're going through tests. Because... Regardless of whatever process, whatever season that we're in, because we go through many seasons. Some seasons are a little easier than others. But the thing that really helps us to be able to stand on the ground and stand on the word is our, is our foundation in Christ. This, this, how, this is why it's so important to believe. The next, the next thing he wants to affirm us is in our identity. Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know it. Well, some, most of us know it. No, um, as a matter of fact, Jeremiah 1 and 5, I'm sorry. Jeremiah 1 and 5. He says, now he's talking to a prophet by the name of Jeremiah. This verse, it can mean many things for different people. So I'm going to use it as a point of contact to begin to really share and to teach God's heart. He says, before I was formed, before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you and ordained thee a prophet to the nation. So I have to, I have to teach it this way because everyone is not a prophet. But God is allowing to, us to know before we came into existence, became, before we came out of our mother's womb, he, we was in his womb. We was in a womb of heaven, hear me. And so God said, before, you, before I released you in the earth, 
I already, I, I've, I've thought about a problem that needed to be solved, and then I released you in your mother's womb. And so he says, before you were formed, you may not know who you are, you may not know your identity, but he said, I knew you. And he said, before I released you, I sanctified you, means I set you apart for a purpose. And ordained you. The, the question is, what has, he, what has he ordained you to? What sphere of influence has God placed you in or created you to? And so this is why it's important to first know that you're a son and then also know that your identity in him. Some of us are pastors, some of us are teachers, some of us are prophets, some of us are apostles, some of us are helps, some of us, you look, you, first you have to be a son. The, 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 rest of, the rest of that, it works out of that. And otherwise, you'll be operating out of an orphan spirit. God had to deliver me out of an orphan spirit because I grew up fatherless. My father wasn't there. So a lot of that brokenness and that, and that little boy that was inside of me that was broken, I began, to, I began to operate in a way where I felt like I needed to do something to earn his love. But I'm here to tell you today, you can't do anything to earn the love of the father. All you have to do is receive it. You receive love. His love is a gift. Salvation is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. All these things, we don't have to do anything to earn it. Grace is a gift. You just simply believe and you receive it. The third thing the Father wants to affirm, affirm in us, he wants to affirm us in his care, in his safety. Do you know there's safety in the Father? There's safety in Jesus? And, and, what, and, this, and this scripture is going to make a lot of sense because of what we've been going through. Like I said, we've been going through a trying time. We can't get away from it. I, can't, I'll be, I'll do you a disservice to come in, just incite your emotions and say, well, it's going it's to be all right. It don't always feel that way. It don't always look that way. But what I can give you is hope through the scriptures. That, that Jesus Christ, the scripture says, is the author and the finisher of our faith. Therefore, if he is the, look, if God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, he's already seen our life, beginning to the end. And if Jesus is the author and the finisher, we're walking with him. And, 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 and when you really understand and receive the love of God, what that really does for us, it solidifies the fact that if I believe that he loves me, nothing bad is going to happen. He's not going to allow me. He's not going to allow anything bad to happen to me because that's because his love for me. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So if we experience, in, if we experience in fear and, his, and, 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 and fear's cousins, fear got cousins. His cousins is, his cousins is worry. His cousins is doubt. His cousins is unbelief. But God wants to, God wants to medi medi medicate us with his peace. He wants to medicate us with his love. And he says that he's not given us the spirit of fear, but what, he, what has he given us? Power. Power, love, and a sound mind. And once you, and once you receive that, fear can't exist. You can't have fear and love. Perfect love. And let's watch this. And that's not talking about our love for him. Our love for him ain't perfect. That's when we embrace his love for us. My God. 
Listen, when we embrace his love for us, it gives us love for us. And you're talking, for, you're talking to someone that was insecure, that didn't see his value, that didn't see himself according to heaven's perspective. And when I begin to embrace his love, that thing did something to me where I could, I could usually do something I never thought I would do. Because I believe that he loves me. The very fact that I'm up here right now sharing, I'm just simply walking out his love. I believe it, my God. I believe it. 1 Peter 5 and 7. He says, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. What that looks like. We all go through things, and it's okay. But he, God never intended for us to carry it. As Pastor Tim said last Sunday, Jesus is carrying it. The government is on his shoulders. That means that anything I'm experiencing that does not symbolize the peace of God, then that means I'm carrying it, and it's not my responsibility to carry it. He says to bring, cast your cares upon me. For I care for you. What that looks like. I'm throwing everything that's heavy on my heart. I'm throwing it at the altar. And I'm saying, Father. Just as Jesus laid down in the garden of Gethsemane. And he began to cry. And began to, you know, release blood. Because, because what he carried. What he, the weight of the world he had to carry. Be going to the cross. He experienced it. He felt it. And it was so real that he literally had to get to the end of himself. Where he said, Father. If so, let this cup, take this cup away from me, Father. But nevertheless, let my will be done. Nevertheless, let your will be done. In other words, I don't want to do this, Lord, if there's any other way. <laughs> and I know we all feel like that sometimes. If there's any other way, I don't really want to go through this process because the process doesn't feel good. I don't want to go through this wilderness because it doesn't feel good. I don't want to go through this warfare. I know you called me to be a prophet, but the warfare is so tremendous. I don't want to do this, Lord. But Jesus said, nevertheless, Lord, let thy will be done. What Jesus did in that moment, he died. He died, to, he died in his soul. There's so many dimensions to dying. There's so many yeses. You may have got, gave God a yes for salvation, but, there's a diff, it, but different seasons require a different yes. I remember being in the service, and this prophet began to sing over me, and she said, God is requiring a new yes. I'm like, I already gave God a yes. And, and so he, the Holy Spirit had to deal with me, and so there's different, different requirements, different levels of yes. I gave him a yes for salvation, but there was something that God was calling me to do that I have not said yes to. But it's receiving his love that really gets us to this place. Knowing that regardless of where I'm going through, he's with me. That's a promise that he said, wherever I am, he said, wherever you are, I will be also. Joshua 1 and 9. Because there is a way to respond. There is an attitude that we have to take. We can't do anything in our own strength. We can't do it in our own. We can't do it in our own strength. We have to do it in His. And He says, "Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and be of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed. For I, for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go." I want y'all to embrace this reality for you. Embrace the fact that wherever you are, wherever you are in your life, wherever you are in your finances. Wherever you are, God is with you. And if you can embrace that reality, regardless of where you are, all you have to do is acknowledge him. A lot of times we don't realize that God is with us in our brokenness. But it just requires us to acknowledge it. 
Be aware of his presence. Be aware of his presence. God wants to affirm you in your worth and value. Do you know that you're valuable? Romans chapter 8, verse 38 through 39. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. You could put sin in there. Sin cannot separate us from the love of God. Your mistakes... Your shortcomings, none of that can separate you from God's love. You know why? He already, he already provided a solution to it. The prescription was Jesus. And Jesus can't go on the cross every time you mess up. I would even go further where he says, even if your heart condemn you. Am I not greater than your heart? <laughs> but when you, when you believe this kind of truth, it breaks and dismantles the voice of the enemy speaking in your ear to tell you you're not good enough, to tell you you're not worthy. No, none of us are worthy. This is why, this is why it's considered good news. You want to know why the gospel is good news? Because you didn't do nothing to earn it. You didn't do nothing to deserve it. It's nothing you could possibly do. And when you, th and when you begin to think that you're good enough for it, you find yourself in self-righteousness, and self-righteousness is a filthy rag to God. But you are valuable. Say it with me, I'm valuable. John 3:17. We, we're so valuable that God did this. He sent his son into the world, not to judge it, but to save it. Every, but in order to be saved, now what if, well, now the good news is this. I'm going to proclaim to you. Guess what? The world is saved. But why, why everybody ain't experiencing the benefits of salvation? Because they have to believe. They have to believe. But it's our job to proclaim it. And it's teacher's job to explain it. It's already finished. There's nothing else that needs to be done. It's a finished work. We have to believe and catch up to the revelation that he's already provided everything that we need in our life. And once you receive the Holy Spirit... He got all your stuff. Because you're full of treasures. That's what makes you valuable. You're not a liability, baby. You're an asset. Begin to guard and protect your assets. Because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God came to give you life. Psalms 139, 14, the Amplified Version. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to show you guys that you're valuable to God. He wants to affirm that in you. He said, I will confess and praise you, for you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, for the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are the works that my inner self knows right well. God says he's fearfully and wonderfully made. All of us are crafted and made different, authentically, intentionally different for a reason. You know why? 
because it shows that it shows the the sovereignty of God where when he sees us he doesn't see race he doesn't see black white Spanish I'm gonna give you the truth today and I'm gonna go to the scripture he doesn't see gender because there's no gender in the realm of the spirit and he wants to affirm you to be free and authentically you he's not looking for any copycats Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 Because it is freedom that Christ has set us free. He says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again with the yoke of slavery. Why do we leave the, why do we leave the, the, the bondage of sin only to go to the bondage of religion? He says, Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, if you continue in my word, that means you will know the truth, he says, and the truth will make you free. There's, you know that's the difference between being made free and set free, right? If I set you free, that means I'm opening up a gate and I'm saying, okay, you can go out. Now get back in here. But he says, if you continue in the truth, you are my disciples. That means you've, you've, you've patterned your life in a way of, of study and application to the principles and the word of God that he, is, that he taught. And he says, if you begin to embrace this over time, there's different levels of freedom. He says, you are my disciples indeed. He affirms us in that. Then he says, you will know the truth, and the truth will be made free. I used to have the same mind games. The enemy used to talk to me about my past. I dealt with shame, condemnation, guilt from my past. But God, Jesus, had to break me free of that. And it was his love that did it. Galatians 3.28, the New Living Translation. This is my last scripture, and I'm finished. I made a statement. I said God doesn't see race. He doesn't see, he doesn't see any of that stuff that we see. Remember, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As far as the heavens is from the earth, his ways. So it's not to negate the fact that there is racism. That's the real thing that we deal with. It's not to negate the fact that a lot of the, the, the injustice that, that's real, we have to deal with. It's there. But what I'm telling you is the kingdom of heaven is God's government. And we don't, we don't live according to the government of the United States of America. We live according to the government of Jesus. We live according to the government of heaven. And so, therefore, we have to repent and begin to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. Who cares who's in the White House? Who's in your house? He says, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free. Male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Somebody say one. one. We are all one. And so why is this really important to understand? Because he says, to, he says in Romans 8, he says, um, be not conformed to the world, but be ye what? Transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we may know the good, the good and acceptable will of God. This culture... We're in this world, but we're not of it. The, the scripture says that we're ambassadors, or foreigners. Where are we from? Heaven. We're from heaven. Therefore, as ambassadors, it's our job to come as diplomats to begin to give language of what heaven is saying and begin to express the culture and the reality of heaven. God, I don't see race because God doesn't see it. I, I identify that, yes, you don't, you don't look like me, but I don't have isms. 
I love you all. Because God loves you. And once you embrace God's love for you, not only does it give you love for you, but it gives you love for your neighbor. And now you have the capacity to love your neighbor as yourself. 